Plants capture CO2. What if we could help industrial plants capture it too? Think how we could help lower emissions. More and more scientists think carbon capture is key to reducing CO2 emissions globally. It's one way ExxonMobil is helping industrial plants be more like plants. That's the unexpected energy of ExxonMobil. Live rolling with a busy football Friday. The day after a wild start to week five, the Seahawks won a shootout with the Rams in Seattle. We'll tell you what's most concerning about the defending NFC champion Rams moving forward. Our Sunday showcase is another showdown in the NFC as the Packers take on the Cowboys. Our deciding factor in the matchup will surprise you. And Peyton Manning hit the film room to dissect Carson Wentz's play as the Eagles prepare for the Jets on Sunday. And two big guests on the show today. We'll chat with AFC rushing leader Leonard Fournette of the Jags and Bucks linebacker Shaq Barrett playing so well they're calling him the front runner for defensive player of the year. And the Friday regulars are here too. Field Yates, Damian Woody, Rob Ninkovich, I'm Susie Calverse. We're going to start with an eye on some big names on the injury report, including some quarterbacks, but let's start with a Pro Bowl running back. Saquon Barkley gave us just a bit of hope this week because he was back on the field doing some drills, testing out that ankle that we know he suffered a couple of weeks ago. But the Giants have officially ruled Saquon Barkley out for Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings. The big question is this. Thursday night, they play the Patriots. Short week for Saquon Barkley, but perhaps he could get back in that national TV game. James Conner, meanwhile, says he is expecting to play on Sunday, although he has missed both Wednesday's and Thursday's practice, he did return in a limited fashion on Friday. Steelers, of course, playing the rivals Ravens, a team you know they love to beat every single chance they get. Tyreek Hill returned to practice this week, Susie, with a clavicle injury. He's been limited. Sounds like the Chiefs were prepared to take this one slow. It's good to see him back on the field. Major pain tolerance issue here for Tyreek Hill. They play the Colts on Sunday night. Would not surprise me if Hill is not on the field for Kansas City. And now we get to clarity on quarterback. Mitch Trubisky has been ruled out for the Bears game against the Raiders, of course, being played across the pond in London. It's a left shoulder issue. He did not practice at all this week, which could indicate could be a multi-game app because they have their bye on the back end of this game. Another quarterback that's been ruled out, Sam Darnold. Of course, Mono has ailed him now for several weeks. It's the spleen that's an issue, whether there's swelling, whether he could potentially be at long-term risk if he returns to the field and is a hit in a compromising spot. What does it mean? Another week of Luke Falk starting for the Jets at quarterback. Josh Allen remains in the concussion protocol. So the Bills might have to turn to Matt Barkley, although head coach Sean McDermott did note that Josh Allen could clear the concussion protocol before Sunday at 1 p.m. For now, Matt Barkley, the healthiest quarterback, only at the health, excuse me, the only healthy quarterback on the roster. Finally, Gardner Minshew, Minshew Mania, the storm of the NFL. It's a must, it's, it's a mustache issue. It's a knee issue for Minshew. He's been pre- limited in practice. <laughs> it's not a mustache. Oh, the mustache is glorious. <laughs> mustache remains at full strength, and I expect Gardner Minshew with that limited knee to be good. But one of his teammates will not play on Sunday. Oh, who? Jalen Ramsey oh. has been ruled out for this tightness, game. Back tightness? The back issue. You know what, oh. though? He's going to go see a back specialist, according to head coach Doug Marone. So, I know some of us thought maybe this back issue was more a matter of convenience than it was an actual matter of pain. But hmm. it has taken on new life as he is going to see a specialist. Perhaps that indicates this could be something that hampers him 
for quite some time. Even though it seems like the trade winds have slowed down this week, mm. Jalen Ramsey will not be on the field this Sunday. We'll be questioning his teammate, Leonard Fournette, live later in the show Ooh, about that. On the hot seat. <laughs> See if we can get, <laughs> dig any dirt out of the locker room on that. All right, right now, let's turn to the Redskins, desperate for their first win of the season, saddled with a ton of uncertainty at quarterback. Case Keenum started the season last week. He got nicked up. Dwayne Haskins made his NFL debut. All three quarterbacks, and that includes Colt McCoy, have been on the practice field this week. I think we think things may be leaning toward Colt McCoy. Practice from 12-15 to about 1-15, and then the coach is supposed to talk. Likely we will hear for sure. But do you believe probably leaning toward McCoy right now? I think we're going to end up towards Colt McCoy here, Susie, and a couple of reasons why. I know people are saying, why not Dwayne Haskins? Well, two things. First of all, you're a rookie quarterback. You have to be fully ready. Are you prepared to take on all the things that go into being the starting quarterback in this offense? Two, you might want to protect him from his own team. The offensive line is a mess right now. Brandon Scherf, unlikely to play. Trent Williams, not even with the team right now. Colt McCoy has the most experience of the quarterbacks on the roster in this system right now. It would not surprise me to see Colt McCoy, who himself finally getting healthy after that leg issue. Remember that broken leg last yeah, year? He was a starter been, for a cup right, of coffee. Been lingering and holding him back. But knows the offense, respected by teammates. It's going to be tough no matter who starts. It's the Patriots. They've allowed one yeah, touchdown this season. They're playing the Patriots. Patriots. <laughs> the number one defense in the NFL. So it might be smart to protect Dwayne Haskins. Again, it has to be a five-year plan for yes. Dwayne Haskins, not a one-week plan and for And playing the Patriots, a rookie against the Patriots, they'd have a – ugh. That would, the, that, that would be disgusting. When we know for sure. Could you imagine Bill oh. just uh, – Oh, yeah, it would be disgusting. When we know for sure, we'll, we'll, we'll hit yes. this back we'll later. Expect- we should – yeah, we should get word during the show. We'll let you know. Pass it on. Woody, Phil, have you seen a more accurate Russell Wilson so far in his career? Well, listen, since you're the defensive expert right here on the set, (laughs) here's my question to you. We talked about, we showed the stat of how accurate Russell Wilson is with the, you know, defender yard or less, but he's also a magician outside the pocket. So as a defender, what what can you, it's like a lose-lose situation. What, what what can you do in this when you're playing against Russell Wilson? It's frustrating. It is frustrating. Number one, you got to stop the run. You got to try to stop the run to make that team one-dimensional. But you see, he only had 23 passing attempts in this game. So when they attempt to run the football and they have success, that's when the play action comes into effect. That's when he's able to scramble out of the pocket, get out of the pocket and hurt you with his feet. So I don't have the answers for this, but I guess. But guess what? You do. You cannot run past him. You cannot let him step up and get out on you because the secondary they can't cover forever. And if if you're rushing him, you got to try and condense the pocket. You got to crush, rush, and try and make him throw from a small space as opposed to getting out, throwing across against his body, running the opposite way, making great throws. I mean. He's magic right now. It's magic. It's, it's, it's like playing with the 12th player on offense in some ways, the Russell Wilson. You just show the predicament that that defensive back saw himself in. If I don't release from man coverage, Russell might run free into the end zone. If yes. that linebacker, who's about eight yards deep, can't meet Russell Wilson at the goal line and make a tackle, and yet by abandoning man coverage, all of a sudden you've got a wide-open Chris Carson, who, by the way, may have aged me by several years <laughs> with that attempt yeah. to drop the to, to drop the game-winning touchdown. But he corralled it. It's all good. You got it. One-handed. I got to ask you a question. We're gonna yes. talk, are we going to talk about this Clay Matthews thing? Oh. Yes, we are. Okay. We'll talk about it later. Okay. Oh. We'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> Don't get me started. You know <laughs> especially satisfying in this is, is how 
the Rams have beaten Russell Wilson up and sacked him more than any other team. So for him to get the win last night, especially satisfying. And now the Seahawks get the extra days, a little bit of yeah. rest. They have the Browns next. All right, we promised you at the top of the show the Redskins would have an answer on who their starting quarterback would be this week, and the winner is... Colt McCoy, Colt as we were McCoy. just mentioning, Colt McCoy, the signs, the writing was on the wall, and Colt McCoy will officially start for the Redskins at quarterback against the Patriots. So while it's not a rookie quarterback going up against number one ranked defense in the NFL right now, I don't think any quarterback wants to see this defense right now without Trent Williams. Probably not Brandon Sherman. No Jordan Reed or Vernon Davis. Terry McLaurin's been banged up. We'll see if he, if he plays on Sunday. Uh, Colt McCoy has a tough test ahead of him. But it did seem like he was going to be the option. And I know, again, I mentioned it a minute ago, a minute ago there's desire to see Dwayne Haskins. He's a first-round pick. He is hopefully the franchise future. In some ways, you need to protect Dwayne Haskins from the rest of the Redskins. You don't want to put him in a bad spot where he has negative progress as opposed to incremental progress because of a couple of reps. And plus, the bye week is coming if they want to make big changes. Yep. And who knows how big the changes are. All that may happen after this game against the Patriots. Yeah, this would it, this wouldn't be a good spot to put Dwayne Haskins. No, nope. not against not against yeah. a, a Bill Belichick coach team. No way. All right, so case you got to think long term. It's a long term when you have a rookie quarterback, especially. It's the hardest position to play in the NFL. You throw him out there too early, it's just it's not gonna it's a it's a no win situation for him. Case Keenum got his shot. A little bit of Dwayne Haskins now. Colt McCoy gets his turn for the Redskins. So they'll have highlights of this one. Bears Raiders. The Bears arrived in London Thursday evening, and now the key is getting the team rested and settled in for their 6 p.m. local time game on Sunday. That's noon Chicago time. And whatever time it is, it's Mac time. This is a big storyline for the game. Mac against the Raiders. Last September, the Raiders sent Mac to the Bears for a package that included two first-round picks plus a third and sixth rounder. Chicago got Mac plus a pair of picks in next April's draft. Shortly after the trade, Mac signed a six-year deal worth $141 million, featuring $90 million guaranteed, becoming the highest-paid defender in NFL history. We would have loved to have had him here. You know, I'm not going to keep rehashing this. I would have loved to have coached him, loved to have had him here, but he's not here, and you know, somebody's got to step up. You have to repress feelings of kind of vindictiveness and getting back at the Raiders for treating you the way you did, or do you? In your heart I like that word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In your heart, do you really feel like it? I mean, that's the whole point, man. Um, you can't play this game with too much emotion, man. Um, ultimately, I try to stay focused on the, on the task at hand. Couldn't you feed off that? Couldn't you? Could huh? that fuel you a little bit? Uh, yeah, something? man. You can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> I love him to death. Everyone knows that. Um, He's one of my best friends. We'll be friends when we're all old and hopefully he, him with kids. You know, uh, I'm trying to nudge him in that direction. But, uh, you know, this week is different. We're competing against each other. So it's back to the pool basketball mentality for me. It's easier said than done. Let's put two guys on Mac. Uh, they blitz enough where you can't get help. You know, that's why we, we brought in Trent Brown. That's why we drafted Colt Miller in the first round. You know, those guys are going to have some tough snaps against a great player. It's safe to say the Raiders haven't replaced Khalil Mack. Since his trade to the Bears, Mack leads the NFL with 10 forced fumbles and also has 17 sacks. That's only one fewer sack than the entire Raiders defense in that span. And as a team, Oakland has only eight forced fumbles or two fewer than Mack himself. Oh, my gosh, oh, the guys are laughing listen, about that. Do you, not, hard not to laugh do, you know how, do you know how ridiculous not, 10 forced fumbles? That's not crazy. funny. 
All right. We're going to pick this one. Damien, you're up first. What do you think? Yeah, I got Bears 27-17. Return of the match. Let's get it. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I I understand Khalil Mack saying, you know, he doesn't want to be emotional. But listen, anytime you play against your former team, you, oh, oh, you're going to be emotional. Oh, so yeah. he's going. I, he's going to have a big game. He, yeah, he's going to be jacked up. The best right. teammates. I can tell. I'm going the Bears 16-10. <laughs> okay, look, Oakland's been traveling a bunch. They were in Indianapolis. Now they're going to London. They haven't slept oh, in their own bed. They don't go home for a while. In, in two weeks, <laughs> you haven't slept in your own bed. You haven't been at your house. So you know, I just think that the Bears' defense is going to be too much for them to handle. Oh, staying in the NFC North. Some drama in Minnesota after their loss to the Bears last week. Like, what happened to the passing game? You know the wide receivers aren't happy. At some point, you're not going to be able to run the ball for 180 yards, um, even with the best running back in the NFL. Um, and, and that's when you have to be able to throw the ball. You have to be able to make plays. Um, you have to be able to, um, you know, hit the ball, the deep balls. There's speculation and stuff that you might want to be traded. Speculation you want to be traded? is uh, along with rumors and all that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I yeah. feel like uh, I feel like there's truth to all rumors. You know, I mean, no matter how you dress it up, um, I won't be saying nothing on it. I won't be speaking on it at all. Uh, but. There's troops all rumors, I guess. I think I think the frustration is with you is is you guys. It's not us. We we're not frustrated. We're going to work. I don't think uh, if you guys watched practice today, we were flying around, we were having fun, and we were making plays. So um, I think uh, that's a that's a media thing uh, more than uh, frustration from us. Um, Adam, did you just hear your teammate Stefan? Or yourself? <laughs> okay, so the two of them last year were arguably. The best receiver tandem in the league. The two combined for 215 receptions, tied for the most by any duo. This year, Thielen and Diggs have just 26 catches combined, and that puts them on pace for less than half of last year's total. New on NFL Live from the Vikings, Coach Zimmer on if Diggs will play Sunday, quote, I don't know, we'll see. Well, if he doesn't know, who does? This is crazy. I mean, it's a little bit out of hand, don't you think? So there are definitely times where there are things that we discuss publicly in the media that are overblown. And there are times that, you know, people will tell you there's context and there are things you just don't know. There are also times where it feels like we are appropriately addressing a situation like this, which is not some simple misunderstanding or frustration following a loss. It's palpable. And it's not just the words you're hearing. It's the numbers you're seeing. If you go back to the first four weeks of last year compared to the first four weeks of this year, the player who has seen his number of targets drop the most, Adam Thielen. Number two, Stephon Diggs. Yeah, you've got two wide receivers who are stars, who are paid like stars, who are playing like, who are at least being targeted like average wide receivers. And nothing about these two players is average. So it's a problem right now. They need to find a way to get these two players more involved, and subsequently they'll be far happier. Susie, I can tell you this, and Rob knows this as well. If you're hearing whispers coming out of the locker room, that means behind the scenes, it's literally DEFCON 1. Mm-hmm. Literally. Because as a, as a, organ, as a locker room, you try as, as best you can to keep everything in-house, but once these things start trickling out to the media, oh, it's like, it, it's, it's really, it's, it's bad behind the scenes. I agree. I mean, once it starts drip, 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 yep. drip, 
turn the water on. I mean, it starts to flow. And look, if you're a receiver, you need a quarterback to throw you the football, right? At the end of the day, like you need a guy that can can understand what he's looking at. And I I get it. They have some new pieces in there, and they wanted to run the football, run the football. But that team right now, I just don't feel like they have any chemistry receiver and quarterback right now. Ultimately, wins are what matters most to all these guys. That will cheer the ales. And maybe on Sunday against the Giants, the formula can be to run the football a ton and attack them when they need to in the passing game. The Giants have struggled so far defensively this year. But if there is another game like last week where they're stuck in the mud offensively until like the last two minutes of the game and they end up losing by 10, I don't know how this doesn't continue to boil over. And I know that Mike Zimmer is an incredibly he's – he's a proud coach. Probably maybe in some ways would be a little bit stubborn in terms of hearing some of these players' words. But you might have to make these guys happy in some ways, even if it goes a little bit against your desire to ground and pound your way to victory each week. Last year – they fired their offensive coordinator. Yeah. Now they have a new brain trust leading the way. Gary Kubiak, Kevin Stefanski. Yep. Like, come on, guys. With, 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 yeah. with all yeah. them M's behind three guys, you got to have more production. Yeah. Yep. All right. Let's get it together, guys. Lots of talent on the team. Mom, I think this doll I found in the attic is cursed. No. Its eyes are just very lifelike. Then why does its head keep spinning? Be my friend Oh, that is scary. You know what's really scary? Missing out on Geico's easy-to-use mobile app. You can manage your Geico policy whenever, wherever, wherever. Let's play with another doll. Or we can just bury it deep in the ground. Happy Geico-ween. Download the industry-leading Geico app today. Minshew has taken Jacksonville by storm. Minshew has won his last two starts, led the game-winning drive in Denver last Sunday, he has the same touchdown-to-interception ratio as another former sixth-round pick, Tom Brady. Leonard Fournette was asked about Minshew's performance last Sunday. Uh, his name is Jock, Jockstrap King. That's his name. Uh, he's playing his part. You know, uh, what more can I ask from him? You know, And I apologize to, uh, to him for, for the last couple of weeks. I was very frustrated. I didn't congratulate him like I was supposed to. You know, And uh, he's doing a hell of a job. Leonard is with us live now. Can you clean up some things about that? First off, what's the jock strap king? Well, that's something he is. You know, that's something he stretches in uh, during pregame when we about to go outside. And uh, that's just something around the, the whole locker room, everybody calls him. Okay. And when you suggested the apology, apology for what? Yeah, uh, most definitely. You know, uh, he was doing a tremendous job. Throughout our first uh, three games, you know, and uh, just me dealing with my frustrations with uh, our running game. And, uh, you know, I didn't congratulate him how I was supposed to. And uh, I apologized to him and congratulated him, you know, just keep his confidence up. saying He's doing uh, a heck of a job of controlling the offense and uh, making the right calls and the right plays. He is doing a heck of a job at this whole Minshew mania thing. Like, what's it like in the <laughs> locker room? Yeah, what kind yeah. of heat do you guys give him for all of that? Uh, nothing really, you know, uh, he remains who he is. You know, we respect him, the mustache, the jock strap, everything he does. And uh, he's balling right now. All right, let's talk about you. Coming off your first 100-yard game in quite a while. You know, last, se- last season seems so long ago now. And, you know, there were some rocky moments. It's really like night and day for you. What's made the biggest difference for you for this season? Uh, this me is coming in, uh, in shape, confident. And also, just just ready to play football again. 
You know, I think our whole team was ready from last year, you know, despite the season we had, the injuries we dealt with. And just trying to stay focused this year and get to where we, we left off at. I checked in with your offensive coordinator, John DiFilippo. He really credited your focus on being an all-purpose three-down back, not just running, but catching the ball out of the backfield, pass protection. What's been the key for you improving on all of those areas? Uh, the key right now is just staying focused. You know, uh, even in meetings, just just the little things, the little details that he wants from us, and also what I want for myself. You know, I want I wanted to be a three-down back, and uh, doing a great job right now. I can be better, but. Just continue to grasp uh, Coach Robisky, our running backs coach, and keep working with us and just keep pushing forward. Maybe you can give us the locker room scoop on a couple of things. Because, you know, there were such big expectations with Nick Foles and he gets hurt and then you have Minshew come in. But the offense has really been running so smoothly despite all of that. Like, how do you explain that? How do you guys stay so together as a group? Uh, number one, it also starts with Coach Doug, you know, uh, He's our head coach. You know, he believes in us. You know, uh, and also, I think all the players together, we believe in ourselves too. So no matter what happens, you know, we all got to stay connected, stay grounded, uh, forget the outside noise, continue fighting, and just grinding. And uh, grit, that's one we live by. And then everybody's in on the Jalen Ramsey roller coaster. He's not going to be able to play this week. It's his back. The defense obviously really needs him. What kind of things do you guys say to him to try to convince him you know, come on, like, can't you make this work? Uh, no, nobody really says nothing. You know, at the end of the day, it, it is a business at the same time, and we, we totally understand, you know. So we, uh, you know, we, we give Jalen his space that he needs, you know, uh, and that doesn't discredit no one, or not, not even much him. You know, I think he's handling everything great. You know, usually people, well, people that's gone through things like that usually backlash the players, the team. He's not doing none of that. You know, you could tell on the sideline when last week against the Broncos, he was cheering everyone on, you know, telling the DBs was Ralph going to come when uh when we was on the when we had the ball and he was coming off. So he's doing a great job supporting us right now, you know, and uh, I love everything about Jalen. And look, in the off season, you met with Team VP Tom Coughlin, smoothed things out. We all know it's never easy to talk to your boss. What advice could you give him? Like, how did you work things out? Uh, just stay focused. Just stay focused. You know, uh, the, just worry about the bigger picture. You know, at, at the end of the day. And also, um, like Jalen knows, anytime he wants to talk to anyone on his team, you know, I'm always here for, for him. You know, uh, I, I, my advice sometimes give to him. And I think uh, everything is going to come together for us, so this, especially for Jalen. This week, you've got Panthers linebacker Luke Keekley. I mean, that's a, mat, a matchup we'll all be keyed in on. He called you a monster. What are you looking forward to with this matchup? I mean, man, he, he reminds of. Man, Captain American, man. He always, he's fast to the ball. Uh, he knows most of the players that's coming. You know, he studies, he's a student of the game for number one. You know, and uh, it's going to be an exciting matchup. You know, their defense is very disciplined. And with that leader they have, you know, no doubt about it, they're going to come with their A game. Leonard, hang with us here for just a second because we're going to have the guys pick this game. We pick a lot of games here on Friday. So we're going to roll in here. Your cool quarterback, the whole Minshew mustache thing. It actually first became a hit back in college at Washington State. Led to fans and broadcasters sporting the fake mustaches at Cougars game. So, you know, we're on TV. We got that whole same thing going. And uh, we're going to make the pick. And the key here, guys, is if you are on board with the Jags and Minshew, then you need to be sporting the mustache. 
So, Damien, what says you? <laughs> Who are you picking in this game? Oh, man. Man, I've been all aboard the, the Minshew mania, the Minshew hive. It pains me to do it. I'm going, to, I'm going with the Panthers. Oh. 20, 24, 20. Listen, this, the Panthers have the number one ranked pass defense. They get after guys up front. So I so think, you're, I think Minshew They're going to get the best of Fournette? I, He's right here. I, 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 hey, Fournette, <laughs> hey, Leonard, you're my dog, man. You're running, that, you running yeah. that bill hard, man. I'm rolling with the Panthers. Man, forgive me, man. Forgive me. But I'm, I'm rolling with the Panthers on this one. Oh. I forgive you. Okay. <laughs> I'm going with the mustache. I'm going Jacksonville, 23-21. Yes, and I'm, I'm going with the running game. So I think they're going to set up this game, run the football, set the tone early. So I'm going mustache. You can't really see this mustache at all, but it's here. You got your own. You don't, you don't need that. You got your own. <laughs> I got my own. I could go, I could go unibrow, though. I go unibrow. <laughs> All right, Anthony Davis, I see you. That's right. The football brow. For those at home saying there's no chance you can grow a mustache field, you're right. So this is the perfect segment for somebody like me. And you think, first of all, I pick against Minshew Mania. And second of all, that we would invite Leonard on the show and not go with the Jacksonville Jaguars. This thing lost its sticky already. Not only are they winning 20-13, to the Jaguars. Leonard's finding the end zone. Has not yet done so this season, but it's going to be the first of many trips. You heard it here first. Jaguars roll 20 to 13. And if I just could have some adhesive for this mustache, and since, otherwise it's falling And since off. you're like 13 years old, I could probably that's, grow a mustache right, faster you a than you. Chance. Yeah. Looking I'm, good. I oh, am, I am on board with, the, with mustache and with you, Leonard. So we really appreciate, Thank you. appreciate you spending the time with us on the show. And best of luck this weekend. The Rams came oh so close to pulling off the comeback last night, but dropped their second game in a row. L.A. isn't off to the same hot start as last year when they started 8-0 and and were the last unbeaten team in the league. But you know what? Give defensive coordinators an offseason. The Patriots gave everybody a blueprint right. for how to stop this offense. And what did you see from the offense that, that you question? Balance. Literally, if you look at the past couple weeks uh, with the Los Angeles Rams, Jerry Goff threw the ball against Tampa Bay in the loss 68 times. And then last night, 49 times. That's not sustainable if you're the Rams. That's a, a team that's predicated on play action. That's that's really what they want to do. They want to run the ball, play action pass, and get huge chunks in the passing game. Um, so they have to find some semblance of balance. I know they've talked. They said that Todd Gurley is is healthy, and they've talked about load management. But you really got to question. Okay, you average four point six yards per carry, but you only rushed about eighteen times. That didn't make any sense to me. And what about the defense? They've given up eight touchdowns in two weeks? Just over the past two games. And the rush is getting there. It's not getting home last night. And part of that, maybe much of that, is because Russell Wilson is Houdini in the pocket. But some of the defensive breakdowns in the secondary just seemed almost unrecognizable compared to where this team was in previous seasons. You've got two guys and a keep to leave and Marcus Peters that at their best can be excellent lockdown cornerbacks, but they've been dealing with some injuries at the safety spot. I'm just surprised, given some of the premier players they have in the back end, that they have not been tighter in coverage. I think that will level off, but over the past two weeks, I'm sure teams are going to play them going forward or saying, you know something? There are some yards to be had down the field against this defense that you would think on paper would be vaunted in the secondary. And you know that we all know this is a copycat league. If you, oh, yeah. if you show that you can't stop that you can't stop something, guess what? The next week they're going to keep doing it until you prove that you can fix it. So there's going to be a heavy dose of 
a lot of the things that's mm -hmm. been ailing that, that uh, Rams secondary. And you guys wanted to talk about the roughing the passer play. <laughs> we have to. Play Matthews. Have, yeah. Rob, you take first shot. Oh, I, 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 when I watch this play, it just blows my mind. You're playing Russell Wilson, one of the most explosive guys outside of the pocket. And he has the football in his hand when you touch him. And this is a clean hit. The NFL has to do something because they wanted to take away the, the flag that could potentially mess up the out outcome of a game with the pass interference review. Looking at this play, it could potentially have lost a game for somebody in the future if they throw a flag on a hit that's like this. That, why can't they just say, yeah, we messed up? Not, that, that was perfectly fine. They can't review it because it's not a, it's not a, a PI, but it is – it's just hard for me to talk about. As a defender, you're playing full speed. You're going against a guy that's very fast. And you're trying to do the right thing. And I feel like Clay Matthews, unfortunately, has been on the wrong end of these yes. new rules, not once, not twice, three times that we've seen in the past. So it's frustrating to watch as a defensive player, and they have to figure something out moving forward. I, I think a couple of things. One, I would love to ask Al Riveron, what do you what do you expect from Clay Matthews in that particular situation right there? It was literally a bang bang type play. Russell Wilson was literally releasing the football. And he didn't leave with his head, came with his shoulder, didn't fall on top of him like with most rough in the passer penalties, and they still threw the flag. That's number one. Number two, kind of getting back to what you're talking about, now we have this review of pass interference. The one thing I said about this whole review is that it would open Pandora's box. Yep. And what I'm afraid of is if these calls continue and persist, is that going to be the next thing that we start reviewing all judgment you know, calls. That's right. That's right. And I, I think that would be bad for the game. And so it, it is so bang-bang. So these plays, yeah, they're bang-bang. But if it's that hard to decide, is it a good hit, clean hit, is it not, then they need to go to technology. That's the way it has to be because at the end of the day, teams are going to win and lose because of one flag. One time. One penalty could change it. Not to mention for these defensive players who are largely just doing their jobs and maybe getting jobbed by some bad calls in a lot of cases – they're getting fined, too. Oh, 100%. Double whammy. 100% like, And I know Clay, Clay Matthews made plenty of money. But if that Still. fine for 30-plus K comes out of his pocket, not going to sit well with him. Matthews just can't get a break. Yes. All right, we open the show with some big-name injuries. Yes. There's a whole bunch more, though, going into Week 5. Yeah, so let's get to the Indianapolis and Kansas City game specifically because that game's got all kinds of injuries of note. T.Y. Hilton is going to play, or excuse me, is looking likely to play along with Marlon Mack. But I, you know what, I jumped the gun. That's How about okay. we get How right to Juju our friend Schuler, Juju Smith, excuse me, Juju Smith-Schuster, who was limited on practice on Wednesday, and, or excuse me, barely practicing on Wednesday and Thursday. On Friday, he got basically the bare minimum in, according to his own self. He is questionable to play on Sunday with that toe injury. Sounds like he might not be available for the Steelers. That one right there could sting for an already beat-up offense. Now, T.Y. Hilton. I was so excited to talk about just a minute ago. T.Y. Hilton's got a quad issue. T.Y. Hilton has been back on the practice field both uh, Thursday and Friday of this week. Sounds like there's a good chance we'll have him on the field for the Chiefs on Sunday, or against the Chiefs on Sunday in that big matchup on Sunday night. Marlon Mack has been limited in practice this week. Actually, Eric Ebron right there. But Marlon Mack is a player that is, has shown in the past he does not need a full week of practice in order to play on Sunday. He had a massive game against the Chiefs in the playoffs last year. Looks like he'll be available for the Colts on Sunday night as well. Deshaun Jackson is officially out for the Philadelphia Eagles. 
Jackson, of course, has missed multiple games now because of that core slash abdominal issue. Uh, for the Eagles, it'll mean that more of Nelson Aguilar, more of Matt Collins, perhaps a little bit of J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Good news is that, of course, Alshon Jeffrey came back last week. Chris Goblin has been banged up the past couple of weeks with a hip. You might not know it based off how he has been playing. Found the end zone last week in a monster game. Although it has been limiting him, do expect to see him on Sunday. The Buccaneers looking to keep the good times rolling against the Saints down there in New Orleans. We talked about the Redskins having a new starting quarterback. We'll see if they get back their best wide receiver so far this season. Terry McLaurin been banged up this week with a hamstring issue that cost him last week. He is officially a game-time decision on Sunday. May not matter because the Patriots' pass defense has a rule. It doesn't allow wide receivers to catch the football. And Devin Singletary has been limited all week in practice. Hamstring issue that's caused him to miss the past couple of games and not play against the Patriots this past week. We'll see if the Bills do have him on Sunday against the Titans. If not, the ageless Frank Gore continues to do what he does, which is chew up yards out of the backfield and help his team win. Very good field now. It's Flashback Friday, 1999 AFC wildcard game, trailing 16-50 in 16 seconds to play. The Bills kicked off. Titans running back Lorenzo Neal fielded it, handed it back to Frank Wycheck, laterals to Kevin Dyson. Who takes it 75 yards with just three seconds remaining? The Music City Miracle was complete. And that leads us to game picks. And we're going to start right there. The Music City rematch and potentially without Josh Allen. Who do you like in Titans, Bills? I'm going Titans. I'm going Titans 24-21. I think I I just trust the, the Titans quarterback situation more so than the Bills. Bills have fantastic defense. Tennessee as well. Uh, but I think Marcus Mariota will be able to make a, a, enough plays to squeak by the Buffalo Bills. And I'm going Buffalo on this one. I, I think that when you watched last week, Buffalo has a new sense of confidence in that defense. Playing the Patriots and limiting that team to what they did at home was very impressive. And I think that they are going to gain confidence through this season. And I think the Bills win 21-13, even though they have a quarterback issue. And just a little bit of a different spin. Steelers, Ravens, with Mason Rudolph and Lamar Jackson. <laughs> and two that banged sounds, up defenses, too. That sounds a yep. lot different, yeah. doesn't it? Who do you like? It? Yeah, I like the Ravens, 27-24. Listen, that was a that was a tough loss for the Baltimore Ravens last week against the, the Cleveland Browns. And I, I feel like uh, Lamar Jackson and company uh, will bounce back and, and have a, a, a big win against a big, big divisional rival opponent in the, in the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I'm agreeing with you, Woody. I'm going Ravens 28-20. Look, the defense, they have to be better. They cannot let up as many running yards as they have in the first four weeks. So I believe that they're going to regroup and they're going to be better this week and they're going to take the victory. New on NFL Live from ESPN Browns reporter Jake Trotter, Odell Beckham confirms he has been fined by the league for the incident with Marlon Humphrey. He says he will appeal. Scott and Aaron Rodgers will meet for the fourth time on Sunday. And at least so far, Dak's fourth season bears a resemblance to what Rodgers did in his fourth year as a starter in 2011. Prescott leads the NFL in QBR with a number slightly higher than Rodgers' league-leading total in 2011. That season ended with Rodgers winning his first MVP. It's a huge matchup, so it's our Sunday showcase. We're going to break it down, take your pick style, position by position, and remember... This is not about a career. It's just for this Sunday. Damien, you lead us off here with the quarterback. Who are you taking? I'm glad you said that, Susie. Okay? Because <laughs> it will be easy to go with this well, bad man right here. But because of who's play, who's potentially playing in this game, 
I'm going with Dak Prescott. Getting Michael Gallup back at, at wide receiver, that's a big, that's a huge addition for the Dallas Cowboys. You're offense. referring to what you're going to fill us in on. Well, before I mention the pass catchers, <laughs> Damian's 0 2 catch picking against mustaches today, just for the record. <laughs> but, uh, where, whereas my, uh, Dak Prescott is expected to have Michael Gallup on the field on Sunday, Aaron Rodgers looking unlikely to have mm. Devontae Adams mm. on the field on Sunday. He's been hampered by that toe injury suffered late in the loss of the Eagles last Thursday. Mm. So with that said, I'm going to gallop over. Hey! Because I think not having Adams on the field, we saw it with Green Bay when they lost him, how that affected the offense. I think that the Cowboys, because of the fact that they have Gallup back, they're going to be a better team for it. And I'm noticing that both running backs have beards. So where are you going? Oh, Danny. <laughs> I'm going with the bigger beard right here. The guy with the bigger beard, Zeke, Zeke Elliott. Listen, I think if you, the Green Bay Packers defense has been fantastic, but one area that they've been suspect against against the run. Can't stop and, we know, and we know that the Dallas Cowboys, particularly up front, they got whipped by the New Orleans Saints. They're going to be looking to kind of reimpose themselves. Very Cowboys heavy here. Say, Rob, wow. school us here on the defense. All right, Where you well, going? I know the defense in Green Bay has improved, but I want to talk about a guy that I think is changing the front for Dallas, and that is Robert Quinn. So I'm going with Dallas at home because they're going to use that crowd noise, going to help them get off on the ball. Damien is taking this seriously now. You know what the show was missing last week? It was missing Damien's dumpster fire defined as a laughably poor performance usually caused by a lack of planning, preparation, or talent. The Redskins are 0-4, but that's only part of the story. Damien. Yeah, li- listen, Susie. We had to we had to take this thing to another level because we had talking about the Washington Redskins, my team that I grew up on, who I love so dearly. But it seems like the Redskins have been in a perpetual dumpster fire for like twenty years. But we're not going to get into all that because we don't have enough time on the show. But what we're going to do, we're going to we're going to go to last week. The Redskins going against the New York Football Giants, one of the playing against one of the worst defenses in the National Football League. Okay, so you think, oh man, they're going to prop for this week. Okay, Case Keenum is going to prosper. He's going to be making all types of plays. Did you know they only scored three points? A Jay Gruden-led offense who's supposed to be an offense of mine, I tell you, only scored three points against the New York football Giants. Average just 3.7 yards per play. How is this even possible? Okay, so then you yank Case Keenum out of the game. Okay, and then you're going to put in Dwayne Haskins, a rookie? I, listen, I know you drafted Dwayne Haskins with the number 15 pick in the draft, but the guy didn't even get a, he didn't get a single rep during the week, and you're going to throw him into the wolves against the New York football Jazz. What in the world is going on down there in Washington, D.C.? So, okay, they stunk it up. There's a lot of 0-4 teams out there. Okay, but let's go. Let's cue it up to what Jay Gruden said on Monday regarding the quarterback position. I think I'll figure that out, especially once I find out the true, you know, status of our quarterbacks that are uh, banged up a little bit. We'll see where they are, and then uh, talk to Dwayne, see his progress. But uh, I'll make that determination. I, I think it'll depend on uh, the decision I make and then how that person performs on Thursday and Friday. Okay, Jay. All right. Okay, I hear you. Okay, so let's talk about what you said on on Thursday this week. Let's go. 
I have one right now. I'm going to go out here practice today, and I'll make a decision uh, shortly. So you, you expect to make a decision today? I don't know yet. I might just wait till Sunday at 1 o'clock and <laughs> yeah. just figure it out then. Jay, what the hell are you? What the hell are you talking about right now, Jay? Like, what? What? I'm, you don't even. Do you even know what you? Do you even care about the job at hand right now? It seems to me that you just want to get the hell out of Washington D.C. I don't much blame you because, like I said at the beginning, it's been in a perpetual dumpster fire for tw- for twenty years. It seemed like. Okay, now let's talk about what we see. What, what he said today. Let's big do that. Big fella, big fella. Oh, oh, chill out. Chill out. Chill out, chill out. No, 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 no. Listen, Rob, I can't chill out right now, Rob, because look at, I grew up on the Washington Redskins, so yeah. this is like personal to me, all right? Okay. I'm tired of seeing the Washington Redskins burning like that. We got to we gotta do something. We got to do something right now, because Jay Gruden, listen, if you don't know how to make, make a decision, then yeah. you need to get the hell out of the way and get somebody that, else that, in here. The coaching staff I'm tired might be on fire pretty fire. soon, right? The coaching staff might be on fire pretty soon, right? Oh, the, oh, the coaching staff is ra- <laughs> it's raging right now on the fire. They're raging oh. right now. So watch it. Burn get it together. Burn with the extinguisher. Come on. Uh, you you tell, where the hoes at, Rob? It's been quite the journey for Shaq Barrett. Despite 12 sacks in his last season at Colorado State, Barrett went undrafted in 2014 and signed with the Broncos. In Denver, Barrett played behind the likes of Von Miller, Marcus Ware, and Bradley Chubb. He had 14 sacks in five seasons before signing with the Bucks in free agency. In Tampa, Barrett has erupted with a league-high nine sacks after signing a one-year deal. He is poised to cash in next season. And it is so great to have Shaq on the show with us. Shaq, I heard you on the radio yesterday, and I hear you've kind of been the reluctant hero doing lots of interviews, but that your head coach, Bruce Arians, almost had to push you up to the podium. So what is your comfort <laughs> level with all of this stuff? And for right now, a little bit of stardom. I'm getting more comfortable with it. I, uh, I like it because it's recognizing what I'm doing on a football field, but I still don't want it to be too big and too much. I still like wanted to go away in like halfway through the week so I could start focusing on playing football and the team we got up next. So your stats have been pretty eye-popping. What do you think has been at the heart of this turnaround for you in Tampa? Just the opportunity and then just practicing all of my like moves and stuff in practice and just becoming confident enough to do them in the game. It's, it's been a lot of stuff that, I, that a lot of people and help that that I had over the years but I think it's just majority just uh just getting opportunity and just doing everything I've been practicing so you talk about those moves and when you were in Denver you played with some greats like Von Miller DeMarcus Ware and Miller's known for traveling the country getting guys together from all different teams for forums on pass Mm -hmm. rushing what did you learn from him oh I learned (laughs) I told him like man I learned a lot from you like I appreciate everything he was willing to teach because he was an open book on everything. So the and the pass rush summit was amazing. I actually uh, uh, got to perfect my cross chop move at the pass rush summit with uh, everybody who was there. We had Sad there, Chuck Smith was there, uh, Bruce Smith was there, like everybody was there. And it was, uh, I mean, man, it was amazing to get all that knowledge from all them guys. All right, let's talk about a current teammate. You grew up in Nebraska and Dominican Sue shine for the Cornhuskers. What's it like now to be playing alongside of him? Uh, I grew up in Baltimore, but I had three years in Nebraska. I had okay. two years of high school and one year of college. And uh, 
Yeah, C was amazing, though. He had beast. Like, on my last play in a uh, Rams game when I got the sack, he did a great job of uh, holding the guard away to keep me, let me get the open B gap. I love having C on the team. He aggressive, he physical, and he a good guy, too. You know, everybody think of him as a bad guy because he's physical on the field, but no, he, he a good guy and a great teammate. See, we need to learn the background on you. We don't know enough about you. What are, <laughs> what are things, just in terms of like your personality, what do you want people to know about your background? After all, undrafted like what it took to get here oh it took it took a lot like a lot of people would be saying like Shaq you could have been doing this your whole career I'm like nah like I really needed to to develop and I think my first four years in Denver like I was able to really develop and become more of the person that I am now and the player that I am now I don't think I was ready for the starting role in my first four years. It's been nice to be able to just have them years to learn and just get everything under my belt. And we know a lot of it has to do with coaching as well. Your defensive coordinator is Todd Bowles. Your head coach Mm -hmm. is Bruce Arians. (laughs) What is it you love about those guys? Man, Coach Bowles, I love his games every week. Like, it's hard for a team to to prepare for us because – we always putting in something different. We always putting in something new, and it, it hasn't changed. I thought the playbook been in, like, after, like, training camp, I thought it been in, but it's not. We, we got so much stuff that we could still add and that we are adding, so it, it's fun. It's fun to see him uh, scheme up teams like that. NBA, he's just a great coach. He's a great guy. He always uh, talking to us and telling us exactly what need to be said, but he do it in a great way. He not – mother effing is or he's not doing any like of the the stuff that we don't take well to and we don't listen well to he always just do it in the best way possible and that's why i like him a lot Shaq, the buccaneers single season sack record is 16 and a half by warren Sapp in 2000 you have nine sacks through four games might that be a target out there <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a uh, once I get closer, that's when I'm gonna start thinking about it more. But right now, I just play the next game and then just do whatever, like whatever happened in the games happens. I don't really try to force anything. It's just that I'm just reading and reacting and just really comfortable out there. That's how I'm able to like have the success that I'm having so far. But once the time comes, when it's if I get that close, I, I'm expecting to get that close, but nice. I don't want to sound cocky. <laughs> <laughs> but if I get that close, uh, yeah, I'll start talking about it more then. Great to get to know you a bit. Thanks for spending some time with us, and we wish you continued success. Oh, I appreciate it. It was a pleasure. And a tough matchup this week in New Orleans. That's right. Yeah. One of the best offensive lines in football. Yep. All right, really going to have to put them to the test. All right, still coming here on NFL Live. It's our challenge flags. Hmm, there could be Whoa, some. Boom! <laughs> I'm not going to watch my eyes. <laughs> Final stuff on Friday, challenge flags. Rob, what do you have? I am challenging the NFL to figure out what roughing the passer is because right now I have no idea. And I don't think the refs do either. Yeah. I'm going to challenge Dak Prescott. Listen, we had a couple cupcakes early on the season. We saw what happened against the New Orleans Saints. Which Dak Prescott are we going to see against the Green Bay Packers? All right, my challenge flight goes to the Atlanta Falcons, and your offense get more out of it. More specifically, Falcons, who are you? You're 1-3 right now, but your talent suggests you should be way better. No more time to waste. And I'm looking ahead to Monday. Ooh. San Francisco mm, 49ers, who are you? Let's show the world. The world will be watching Monday night. Why you are undefeated. Oh, Ooh, Jimmy G. Jimmy G. <laughs> Jimmy G. That's a wrap for us here on the Friday edition of NFL Live. The Jump coming next. We'll see you next week. Have a great weekend, everyone.